2: Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast. Probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and this week, just like last week, Pete Donaldson is away on holiday somewhere in the Canary Islands battling through a volcano, I think. But in his absence, last week we had American Pete, an equally eccentric and crazy individual. And this week we've got another guest joining me today and it is Charlotte, who's coming at a moment's notice. How are you doing, Charlotte?
0: (laughs) Hello.
2: I whisked her off the streets of Sendai because now she's in Sendai. How are you getting on?
0: Good, yeah, I really like it here. Um, I was a little worried to move here um, in the beginning, but I'm I'm really happy with it. It is quite good. You weren't lying <laughs> over what, the years. <laughs> what are the highs
2: and lays of Sendai so far? You've been here two months.
0: The highs are definitely the assortment of food that's available. Yeah. It's just another world compared with Morioka, which mm, is a much mm. smaller town. For those of you that aren't aware. Um, yeah, the assortment of foreign foods and um, like ethnic foods is amazing because I love curry and there's all kinds of curry here. And yeah, it's been the food's been great. Um, the lows, I don't really have a low. Um, <laughs> I was mostly worried about it being too city. I thought it was gonna feel like Tokyo, uh, and it really doesn't. I don't know if that's because of COVID or who knows, but it doesn't feel crowded and um, there's lots of trees. So yeah, mm, well, so far call it- so good.
2: City of trees. They do. And you've enjoyed the trees.
0: And the spiders. <laughs> and the they spiders, come with the there. trees.
2: There are a lot of spiders, especially this time of year. Yeah. And hopefully they'll soon be gone. They're like the really creepy green ones that are poisonous. Apparently. So far as I can understand.
0: Japanese people are really scared of them. So mm. I avoid them at all costs. I don't know how much that. <laughs> Fear is warranted, but better oh, safe than sorry.
2: I don't know what they're called, but do you know what they're called? No. Just green spiders.
0: Green poisonous spiders. Green
2: poisonous spiders. Stripey legs. <laughs> I don't know what happens if they bite you either.
0: No idea. Like, is it a life or death situation? Will you explode? Will your or is arms swell up?
2: The Sendai is, is nice. It's still a little bit dead because of the whole uh, mumble... Restrictions mm. where you can't do anything fun after 8pm, just right. like Tokyo. I'm hoping they get rid of it because it's driving me absolutely mental. Mm. Um, but fingers crossed, we'll see what happens. Uh, this week, because Pete is away, I thought we would actually go through the fax machine. We haven't had a fax machine special in a while. Mm. Reading out your questions and your stories, guys. Um, and also, because Pete hasn't been to Japan in a, about over a year now, unfortunately, because of everything going on, We've, it's, it's been difficult for Pete to answer the, some of these questions because mm. some of his experiences in Japan have um, become distant so with Charlotte here with your how long have you been here? Two, 20, 30 years?
0: <laughs> no, fuck off <laughs> um, <laughs> 16. 16.
2: 16 16 years right, <laughs> charlotte has been here 16 years a world of experience to draw from uh, more than me, you speak the language a lot better than I do, you've met everyone famous from Japan at least once
0: Lots of them Not Ken Watanabe Not Ken
2: Watanabe Or
0: an even playing field there to so meet some first
2: Well, Pete <laughs> Bloody Pete last week It's Ke- ridiculous Bloody Pete <laughs> you, all people How did I not know that? He was like <laughs> Oh yeah, by the way I met Ken Watanabe I'm like, What? You fucking what? Unbelievable But uh, you've met a lot of people I have Both Japanese And not Japanese famous mm. Charlotte's always like Impresses me with who she's met You've met Jenna Marbles
0: I have
2: you met Poppy Yep I was going to say You met Popeye <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not Popeye.
2: Not Popeye yet uh, Who else have you met? Someone else you amazed me with <sighs> You met Takashi Miike One of uh,
0: Takashi Miike didn't meet him I worked with Worked with, with
2: him, him uh, And he directed films like um, Audition uh, Who else? Someone, you, someone famous Some celebrity you met
0: a foreign one? A foreign Don't celebrity. What are you thinking
2: of? I can't remember. It might come to me later on, but uh, I'm sure it will. Let's kick off the story, though. We've got a story here from a chap in Australia called Joel. And it's quite a cool story, especially. Well, I'll get on to that in a minute. Hi, Notorious Chris and Nutmegging Pete. What's um, Nutmegging? D- it's like uh, when you embarrass someone when you play football. You kick the ball what? through their feet and make them look stupid. Oh, it's a football thing. Yeah, and not some sort of weird. <laughs> it sounds really wrong it sounds really wrong. Notorious, P- Notorious Chris, nutmegging Pete First, thank you Chris for the hard work and content Thank you very much I've been enjoying the videos since 2017 When I was researching destinations for my first holiday to Japan I thought I'd write to you about a recent find of mine I've recently uncovered an old 1999 letter From my Japanese pen pal Yukiko From Kakumagawa in Akita Prefecture we exchanged introductory letters when I was 14 and she was 15, as I had just started high school here in Canberra, Australia, and a Japanese was one of my classes that semester. In her neatly written letter, she mentions enjoying PlayStation, having joined the brass band at school, and the weather being very cold in Akita. She then signed off with a cute drawing of a rabbit, a panda, and a cat, and Joel was attached a photo uh, of, <laughs> of the letter <laughs> with a, a really good rabbit and a really good panda and cat drawing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sadly, perhaps due to my nervousness and thinking uh, I had a poor mastery of Japanese. I neglected to reply to this letter. And reading it back now, I regret that my 14 year old self didn't have the courage to reply. <sighs> Joe, how could you?
0: <laughs> poor Akiko. Poor
2: Akiko. He's sitting there He's waiting. Waiting yeah.
0: for how many years He's now? Waited
2: like 20 years now. <laughs> 22 um, years. Chris, I wanted to ask you, a long time resident of Tohoku, for your thoughts on this. I've read that Akita Prefecture has some of the highest rates of depopulation and migration in anywhere in Japan. Looking at Google Maps at Yukiko's apartment, uh, or house I guess it'd be fairly likely She moved somewhere In the two decades since However What do you think The odds are oh, the Yumiko her, Yumiko, Akiko Akiko yukiko, He's spelled it Three different ways <laughs> He's forgotten her name uh, <laughs> I guess um, I guess she's moved somewhere However Do you think Her parents still live there In the town mm. um, I'm obviously not in a position To visit the town And ask But I was thinking Of perhaps copying her letter And writing a much belated Much belated That's an understatement uh, Thank you thank you reply and posting it to her um, because at worst if the residents there aren't her family whoever it is would probably find some amusement in re- receiving a reply to a letter from 1999 or do you think it might be a better idea to send it to the nearby municipal office or post office instead and they can forward it on thank you guys uh, best wishes for the rest of 2021 Joel from Canberra in Australia that's a really interesting one what do you think Charlotte
0: oh, I think you should definitely send a reply mm. i I would bet that there's at least one family member still living at that address Mm. because it's not very common for a Japanese family to sell off their family home. That's true. Um, The daughter may have moved to a bigger city, um, that would be, you know, expected. But I bet the parents are still there. Yeah. Um, and even if they aren't, there might be some kind of mail forwarding service that they've set up. They do have things like that in Japan, so the letter could make it to somebody in the family if you do send it to that address. Yeah, uh, I would definitely try.
2: I, I do think there's a, there's a probably a 60 to 70% chance her parents mm. still live there mm. uh, because people don't move much in Akita, right? And... I I imagine she doesn't live in Akita, because most young people... I bet she
0: doesn't, no, but I bet the parents are there.
2: She could be here in Sendai. Yeah. She could be... She could be listening to this podcast. Could have walked down the street. Well, she might be. Her English was quite good on the letter. It
0: was very good.
2: Uh, Dear Joel, I enjoyed reading your letter very much. I'm very happy to have you as my pen friend. I was born on June 14th, 1985. I am one year younger than you. I like PlayStation. I'm very happy to know that we have the same hobby. I like music, listen, and playing. I joined a brass <laughs> band. What do you copy? The weather here in Akita is very cold. Australia, is it cold or warm? This is, like, really grammatically good. Well, this is way better than any of my students. It's, better urine, it's like... probably better than my bloody English. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think it's to do... It's very
0: good, yeah.
2: I do message her, though, Joel, and yeah, uh, let put, us know you go on. Put,
0: like, your email address or something so she can easily reply to you if she does get the letter.
2: I, um, I funnily enough, this town it's in a really remote part of Akita, but I actually... Drove through it, I think, three or four months ago While doing a video uh, And it's, yeah, it's, it's weird to think
0: It's near and He said, yeah, I've been down there too Isn't that
2: where you did your homestay?
0: Uh, one of them, yeah One yeah. of them? Well, yeah, my original homestay was in Iwate Ah, uh, right But then I did a video
2: um, uh, at right. my
0: homestay in Akita So, yeah, it's probably really close by It's a really nice area mm,
2: Beautiful Bloody snowy and colder winter, though you could call us right about that. But good luck, Joel. <laughs> let us know how you get on. Once you've sent it, and uh, if you get a reply or not, yeah. let us know what happens. I'll I'd love to, love to hear. So, we'll dive into the fax machine now. Read your questions, guys. We've got one here from Nick to kick us off. Nick from the USA uh, it says, Hi, Pete and Chris. I've been loving the podcast and had a question. As someone planning a first-time trip to Japan, what sort of travel or activity limits would you suggest for first-time travellers to Japan? Activity limits. What does that mean? Uh, Especially ones going alone and with limited Japanese. Should I stick to main cities and touristy spots for now or avoid unplanned excursions? into weird places I find I have a habit of pushing myself being overly optimistic when planning how much I can do in a given time and underestimating how difficult things could be so what are some things uh, so what are some ways an overly enthusiastic traveller like myself could still enjoy Japan without winding up in a bad situation far from anyone who can speak English have either of you done anything similar cheers guys Nick from the USA what do you think? I Activity feel like there's limits.
0: Two two things to address here. One, mm. should he go out into obscure locations mm. with limited Japanese? And two, how much should he cram into a short time? Right, yeah. I always suggest to people not to cram in too many locations into your trip because it's always nice to have like enough time to genuinely enjoy a place Mm. and not keep looking at your watch like oh I gotta go catch a train in two hours to leave here that's a good point so I would be like generous with the amount of time you dedicate to each location as for like wandering off into obscure places I would say there's probably some like medium ground that you could (laughs) cover without feeling too out of your depth like other than Tokyo and Kyoto and Osaka like the three main ones that everyone goes to there's other mm. cities like maybe Kamakura would be a really nice place for you to explore that's not like you know top on everyone's um first things to do in Japan list um or come up to Sendai or Morioka for something mm. a bit more off the beaten path but still a city so there'll be people around if you need help uh, I wouldn't say to totally avoid things other than Tokyo or Kyoto. That would be a waste, really. I
2: mean, maybe just don't go off into, like, the mountains yeah. on a bicycle. Yeah, alone. exactly. I don't yeah. like, I mean, I don't like doing things like that, traveling alone. Our friend Quinlan mm. goes up, like, mountains every day. He does. Go North He's Japan. not
0: exaggerating. He's up it's, there every day. He goes up the mountains every day
2: alone. It's like, <laughs> yeah. he meets bears, he crosses waterfalls. He's got a great channel called Go North Japan. That what he does is, is, is over the limit. It's past the limit. <laughs> <laughs> that is the limit. Past
0: the activity limit.
2: Don't do what Quinlan does unless um, you've got balls. I yeah. no, I I no, it's a fair point. But just yeah, just don't do too much stuff unless you've got a reason for doing it. Mm. Like you want to take a photo of every prefecture in Japan or something. Just uh, just be careful not to do exactly what Charlotte did or said what did I
0: do <laughs> I
2: meant
0: what? what I meant <laughs> I mean, oh, what, I I mean what you said
2: what you said uh, we got one a dear Captain Chris and PT Pirate <laughs> it's very it's a very known fact for all the abroad in Japan fans that in Japan Christmas is not that big uh, celebrated in Japan than in most mm. other countries and also that Valentine's Day is celebrated big time here in the Netherlands we have a thing called Sinterklaas how's that pronounced Sinterklaas Sinterklaas you're half Dutch aren't you I am how do you say Sinterklaas? I don't
0: speak it. Oh, I guess no. it would be Sinterklaas.
2: Sinterklaas, also known as St. Nicholas, which is celebrated on a big scale. It's kind of similar to Christmas, and the guy really looks a lot like Santa, He went on a diet. <laughs> My question, what are the biggest celebrated special days and holidays in Japan? Love the podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Uh, Sem from Rotterdam, the Netherlands. Lots of big holidays in Japan. We've just had Silver Week here, which mm-hmm. is a holiday that I didn't even know existed. Uh, basically, there's like three different holidays scattered around mm. the week, and they just everyone just takes the whole week off, and it's just been chaos in Sendai. <laughs> it has um,
0: been.
2: <laughs> There's Orbon in August, which is another week off. There's Golden Week in May, which is another week off. Uh, there's a New Year's holiday in January, which I can't remember the name of. What's it called? Oshogatsu. it? It's actually
0: just, just New Year's. just
2: New Year's <laughs> holiday. Um, there is quite a lot of stuff, and... Uh, Christmas isn't one of them No Unfortunately
0: New Year's is the biggest one I would say uh, Mm. Like If uh, Christmas is the Biggest celebrated holiday In your country New Year's would be the equivalent Of that In Mm. Japan
2: Um it's not a good time to come here either because for five or six days, mm. everything's shut.
0: Everything's yeah, shut, even like essential services. <laughs> the
2: only thing open is like convenience stores yeah. and McDonald's and yeah. that's that's not a way to spend a holiday. Um, but yeah, I'd say those are the biggest holidays. Auburn's yeah. kind of cool. It's where...
0: Auburn is really interesting. Your relatives
2: come back from the afterlife to yeah. wander around your house, basically. You kind
0: of like welcome them back by doing these different rituals um and they come back to visit you and you yeah i made a video on it ages ago i should do a good one
2: it's a bit like it's a bit like the movie hereditary Who's have seen that film <laughs> it's
0: nothing it's like exactly the movie like hereditary that. that's
2: exactly what I'll, don't I'll listen, listen
0: to him <laughs> why do you have a podcast about japan stop teaching them these things
2: it's but it's it's a strange old holiday and uh because i don't i've, I've always felt left out of obon because i don't have any relatives well, yeah, in japan of course who are dead.
0: I was invited to celebrate it with my friend when I lived um, down in Chiba.
2: How is it actually celebrated then? People just go to shrines and they light candles in their house?
0: The best part is um, they make animals out of vegetables. For example, (laughs) like they'll take a nasu, like an eggplant, and they'll put sticks in it to make legs and it'll be a horse. It's
2: genuinely hereditary.
0: And then stop it. (laughs) Oh my God, it is. Yeah, you're right. Didn't the girl do that? Yeah. Okay, but... (laughs) And then ah. that animal is supposed to be, like, the vehicle for your relative to ride from the afterlife.
2: The asparagus. Massive.
0: <laughs> <That's it. laughs> eggplant. The eggplant, right. Um, you can use several different vegetables, but I think that's the most commonly used one. Um, and then, yeah, you light lanterns and you carry them with you to the gravesite um, as a way to guide the spirit mm. um, back, I guess. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I did make a really bad video about it years ago. <laughs> I think I might have explained it better there. If you're curious, search for Obon Charlotte. It might show up.
2: Obon Charlotte.
0: Um, but yeah, it's a really, really interesting holiday because we don't have anything like that in Canada. Mostly yeah, England doesn't have a day no, no. like that either.
2: I'd say it's easily the most interesting Japanese holiday. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Uh, we got one here from Trevor from San Diego. Hello, carnivorous Chris and brave saw hair Pete. My name's Trevor, and I'm from San Diego. In a recent episode of the podcast, you mentioned cooking. Japanese food. My girlfriend and I absolutely love Japanese food and Asian food in general. Uh, We like to cook and there's one dish that eluded me for the longest time Tonkotsu ramen which is uh, pork broth ramen It is by far our favourite dish and thankfully San Diego has many ramen shops that are all amazing (laughs) but being the home cook I am, I wanted to make it myself. So I studied many recipes. People like Binging with Babish and Joshua Weissman Uh, but one stood out from the pack, The Way of Ramen Channel the host, I think, at least, uh, taught how to make ramen so well, even Chris could do it. It's <laughs> no about that. I made, uh, <laughs> very optimistic.
0: Very optimistic.
2: I made the broth. It had uh, tare, aroma oil, marinated eggs, um, the best thing, I might add, and pork belly, which I let marinate overnight. Basically, everything besides the noodles. Um, it was amazing. It wasn't, wasn't the best ramen I've ever had. I was impressed, however, by just good how good this homemade ramen broth hmm. was. And my question for you guys is, will you try to make tonkotsu ramen yourself? Chris, if you made a broad in a pan and made something as complicated as ramen, even if it turns out, shit, people watch that video. It may even surpass the video where you reviewed McDonald's chocolate fries. Uh, <laughs> signed, Trevor from San Diego. Um, have you ever cooked anything ramen-like?
0: I made ramen from scratch once. Wow. It's probably the hardest thing I've ever made. It's mm. a process, a very long process, as I'm sure Trevor knows. Yeah,
2: I mean, I uh, the, the, Trevor had a very long email, actually, I had to cut it down a little bit, and he went into detail on how he cooked it, and it was really quite interesting, but
0: yeah.
2: i it just seemed incredibly complex. It's
0: so complex.
2: Like, nobody in Japan... You, I've never gone around a friend's house, and <laughs>
0: no. they've gone,
2: oh, I've made some ramen.
0: No, no one ever makes it from scratch.
2: No. You and can
0: buy, like, the the pre-made broth at mm. the grocery store, and then maybe add in the pieces yourself, buy the noodles separate, buy the negi separate, mm. etc., but nobody ever makes it from scratch.
2: It's just... It's just, like, the the best places to go for ramen are family restaurants or family mm, shops definitely. that have been making it for years. Mm. They're, you know, their grandparents made the recipe, they've passed it down. Yeah. It's a real family secret. The best ramen shops are absolutely not the chain restaurants. They're the ones that are family-run. Mm. And uh, there's a really good town I want to revisit that I went to with Ryotaro many years ago called uh, Kitakata, Fukushima. which you know. Yeah, Fukushima, mm. the... Um, the town that's famous for having the most ramen shops per capita. It's ridiculous, of isn't anywhere it? Anywhere in Japan, yeah.
0: How many are there?
2: Just, just so many. Like over
0: a hundred or something. <laughs> I think isn't it? like it's ridiculous. I think it's, <laughs> it's like fifty, maybe fifty. To oh, 100. is that it? It's still though, it's all. Well, lot. it's
2: it's not, it's not like a city. It's no. not a large town. No, it's, is it's it? It's mental. You drive yeah. down the street and it's just like Every. ramen here, ramen here. Yeah. And they've got like a, a tourist center in the middle of the town, and they have a big wall covered in. Every single ramen shop and sort of what they do oh, and what their cool. specialty is. Neat. Really great. Love to go back. Um, I recommend checking out that video if you're interested in this town. We did a video I think the video is called Japan's Ramen Capital. And that video came out in twenty seventeen, I wanna say. But it's a good video. I highly recommend checking it out. Mm. Um, but no. In in summary, Trevor, I won't be making <laughs> I won't be making ramen. I could barely cook I think cook
0: you it. need to tone down the level a bit.
2: I mean what can I, I cook? Guess. Chicken. Oh
0: what can you cook chicken can you cook chicken I can
2: cook chicken I've
0: never seen you cook chicken
2: I will cook chicken lies chicken ramen I'll get I'll get a bowl chicken of ramen. hot water oh. I'll pan fry the chicken chuck it in oh gosh a bit of salt and pepper <laughs> oh, job stop done stop it
0: that's get, so bad I'll get
2: some cup noodles and take the uh. dried noodles out and just plonk <laughs> them in and then leave that to marinate overnight oh and, gosh and there's a braw in Japan a in a pan <laughs> leave ramen leave it
0: to marinate it's gonna
2: be great definitely gonna do that Um, uh, we're in the studio recording right now by the way guys and uh, there is a kitchen in the studio as you'll see in the upcoming tour in a few weeks what do you think of the the studio's kitchen Charlotte it's
0: a little underwhelming how dare you it's not like you're gonna use it though come into my
2: studio and mock my (laughs) kitchen setup. I've got a a, a grill um, burner like a A gas gas burner and uh, the the gas isn't connected (laughs) So, I like to cook (laughs) exclusively with my own imagination. Uh, We've got one here from Rachel and Tash from Bournemouth. And the email is titled Monster Ramen and Lesbianism.
0: (laughs) What a great title. Love it.
2: My favourite things. Hey, Chris and Pete. My wife and I have travelled to a few places uh, where we have deemed it safer to pretend to just be friends. Uh, I can't seem to get a clear answer on whether Japan is one of these places, and it seems to be a don't-ask-don't-tell culture. We would rather not hide our marriage, for obvious reasons, but are willing to do so if it's safer. Many thanks for your help you can provide, uh, Rachel and Tash from Bournemouth. Also, can you order a Monster Ramen to share, or is it a one-person, (laughs) one-Monster Ramen kind of deal? We we really want to do it, but there's no way we could finish one each. Uh, Rachel and Tash. I would just not order the monster ramen. It's, it's not
0: good. <laughs> it's not good. I've
2: had it uh, <laughs> twice, and it's just worse each it time. It
0: looks so bad.
2: I so I had it with Joey earlier this year, and then I had it with Natsuki like three or four years ago, and it's just <laughs> shit. <laughs> like it's 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 more bean sprouts than ramen. Like it's just bean sprouts. And I, I wouldn't... I don't go there, Rachel. Go go somewhere. <laughs> go to Kitakata, the aforementioned yeah, Kitakata. Yeah, Um As to, you know, whether being lesbian in Japan would be a problem. I don't think it would be a problem. I did go into a love hotel recently with Connor, Sea um, Dog VA. We were in Osaka for one of our wacky weekend trips. And we went into five love hotels. And two of those love hotels rejected us yeah. uh, for being two guys.
0: That's common with love hotels it was really shit
2: we yeah. went in we we pressed oh, I was shocked you go into like the lobby and you just got like a you basically have like 10 different rooms and then you press the button for which room you want and then you get a key or whatever and then you go into the lift but that's where we're heading towards the elevator to go up to the room some guy just came out of like a hole in the wall and he was like no 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 like two guys No. Two guys, no good, literally, mm. and uh, and that was that. And I should have queried it because there a really interesting article yeah, you in the really Guardian. should
0: have asked why. Well, there was a really I'd interesting article curious.
2: in the Guardian that came out earlier this year saying um, a lot of Japanese, a lot of Japan's love hotels are basically homophobic, mm-hmm. and it's illegal to do that. It's illegal to turn away customers on that basis. Is it in yeah. Japan? you're not allowed to do it
0: I'm actually surprised they have a law
2: I'm surprised they don't enforce it though clearly of course they do but like honestly absolutely I was so angry
0: yeah Um, that happened to me before I tried to film a video with my female friend at a love hotel and mm -hmm. yeah we, we went through maybe three of them before we got someone who would accept us oh really for the night yeah
2: so we had it in the sort of opposite direction. So we, had, we were sort of lulled into a full sense of security. Went to hmm. the first three hotels we went to. It oh, well, wasn't okay. a problem. Yeah. We were like, oh, maybe they've...
0: Seems maybe
2: 50-50. Well, yeah, that we thought, oh, I've dropped this rule in Osaka. Maybe mm. we don't, you know... And then the, then we went those two, and it ruined that, but uh Connor's going to put that in the video he uh, while we we're doing it, he very sneakily filmed it with the GoPro, mm. and so you can see the oh, guy coming stupid. up being like, "No no no, no huh. so um, that 's the only situation though if you want to go to a love hotel, you might get rejected yeah um, honestly
0: you don 't need to worry about your safety like don 't worry about hiding it um, if you 're worried about safety reasons that 's not going to be a problem. You guys can totally like hold hands or Tell people you're married It's not going to be an Mm, issue Um, No The only thing I can really think of Is the love hotels And sometimes If you're trying to get an apartment here You would want to hide it Because there's also Places that will turn you down Oh yeah That's um, true When you're renting an apartment But those are the Stupid Really the only two situations I can think that you'd have to be A little secretive about it Otherwise If you're just travelling here Yeah, don't worry Mm. Yeah
2: I'm just amazed how few people I've met from the LGBT community in Japan. People do really keep it on the down low. They're, I find they either keep it down low and don't say anything about it, mm. or they're very extroverted about it. It's the extreme. Yeah. Like, that's the only time. But like, it's far rarer than the UK. I guess just because it, it's still not overly well received here, or people just right. worry about how it will be received.
0: Well, I think just because people have hidden it for so long mm. that it, people don't feel as comfortable coming out here. So that's why it seems mm. like there's way less yeah. of a community. But I think it's getting better. It sl- is
2: getting better. Slowly. I, mean, I think last year there was a district in Tokyo that allowed uh, couples, gay couples to get married. Yeah. So that was a step in the right direction.
0: Like actual marriage, right? Finally. Yeah. They've had like a civil partnership mm. thing. Uh, a few places have it have um, allowed that. But I think, yeah, one maybe Shibuya? It might be Shibuya, Shibuya yeah, They yeah. recognise... Um, marriage fully. And th- so that's great
2: and the good thing is shibuya is a bit of a trendsetter so hopefully yeah we might catch on mm. but uh yeah other than that rachel and tash i don't think it'll be too much of an issue i really no. don't think it'll stop you from enjoying your holiday the only thing that will stop you of course is if you eat monster ramen you will regret that <laughs> for at least three days afterwards um i'd love to go to bournemouth by the way i hope it's nice in sunny bournemouth in uh, the uk southern coast oh it's quite nice i've never been
1: there want to go
2: Hello, gentlemen. My name is Rami. I'm an old-time YouTube and podcast faithful follower of the Abroad in Japan movement. You made it sound, <laughs> <make> it sound <laughs> like a cult, Rami. Uh, I moved to Israel from Argentina eight years ago. Um, so your stories about how hard it can be to adapt to Japan, not just a new language, but also to the thinking process of a new culture. It's always resonated with me, so thank you for sharing that. Um, my story goes like this. Visiting Japan was a lifelong dream of mine that I fulfilled a couple of years ago. And I loved every minute of the insanely packed two-week itinerary that I did with my wife, um, going from Kanazawa to Kyoto, Osaka, and Tokyo. It was all unforgettable, but of all the memories, there's one awkward situation I had the first day that keeps coming back to my mind. After landing at Narita Airport, we took the train to Tokyo and then a bullet train to Kanazawa. We arrived at a beautiful snow-covered city and took a bus to the hotel. Uh, the bus was full, so my wife and I ended sitting pretty far away from each other. Soon after I sat down, the guy sitting next to me got off the bus, and for the next 45 minutes, the seat next to me was empty. Um, I mean, the seat next to me was the only empty seat on this packed bus, uh, with everyone else just standing up. I would have had my wife sitting next to me, but she was on the far side of the sea of the salary men and couldn't walk over. I'm a chief sergeant in the Navy, green eyes, blonde hair, fit, big guy. Uh, Is it normal for people to prefer standing for 45 minutes instead of sitting next to a foreigner? The question stayed unanswered for years, so I hope you can finally help me. Keep up the great work, guys. All the best. Uh, From Ramey. That's an interesting point there. What do you think of that? What do you make of that, Charlotte?
0: Uh, Well, to answer your question, yes, it's very common for that to happen. So it wasn't just a one-off case Mm. (laughs) in your situation. It's happened to me as a girl here uh, many times. Uh, I actually made a video about it, and I got both sides i guess in the answers um i had lots of japanese people respond to it by saying i would say the majority said it's because they're worried that you will talk to them in a language they can't understand
2: Uh, yeah yeah
0: so they're nervous to sit next to you because they don't want that situation they don't want to have to deal with that situation
2: yeah people here they don't like to really interact with strangers much no. while doing things in public right and it's every japanese person's worst nightmare i think from what i understand you know the idea that they, they're coming home after a long day's work or whatever <laughs> yeah and then there's a foreigner that sticks next to them and then they're worried that oh god maybe they're gonna ask me how to get from x to y yeah. and i'm gonna have an awkward conversation yeah. like people get very awkward here about that sort of thing um very Anxious, anxious about, would about be the right word. sudden yeah. and surprising interactions outside of the norm. Yeah, um, it's a high uncertainty avoidance culture, which basically means any uncertainty mm. is avoided at all, costs. is avoided and it's very stressful, you know. To have <laughs> so that they'd rather of...
0: stand than sit next to you and risk that I mean, situation occurring. It's
2: definitely, you know, it happens to me like once a week. I, I, I on underground trains, it happens on buses. Um, it happens very often. The first few times it happened, I did think, oh, this is very xenophobic. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: Baby likes me. What's going on? But then once you understand Japanese culture and the Japanese mindset and that it's an un- a high-uncertainty-avoidance culture, which can be hard to do, you know, it can be hard to do. Yeah,
0: it's so different. Unless you're a kind of introverted person,
2: naturally, who's right. kind of anxious or something like... I think it can be hard to get into that mindset, but uh, I-, I get it now, and um, mm-hmm. I don't feel kind of... Angry when it happens. Yeah. I just think it's kind of ridiculous, though. It is ridiculous. When you But,
0: <laughs> again, it, that's a culture that we can't really understand. Because that's not how we were no. raised.
2: But you do, you, know, you do feel a sense of guilt. I've sat on a train... Where everyone's standing for so long, and there's just a nice big, empty, (laughs) nice big, juicy, empty seat just next to me. It's sitting there, it's perfectly great, and nobody will sit there. The train could be overflowing. There's people being pushed on with fucking sticks at the train station. (laughs) Uh, Literally, there's people at stations in Tokyo that push you on with a stick. And if you're, you know, people just won't sit next to you, but that's the way it is. Yeah. And that's the way. It'll probably always be I don't probably. see that changing any time soon But uh,
0: but yeah, reading the comments on my video Did put me at ease a bit I felt you, like it, it wasn't like an, A sign of aggression Towards no, foreigners or right. anything No, no um, it's not It's definitely just a case of They're worried you're going to talk to them And they're not going to understand And it's going to be awkward I would say 8 out of 10 times That's the reason, probably
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate really we we always talk about on this podcast how friendly Japanese people are, and mm. they are incredibly friendly once you strike up a conversation and have a chat. But getting to that point can often be very difficult. I find people here, particularly in the north where we live, people mm. here just don't want to strike up a conversation that much
0: no it 's um, rare to find somebody who's excited about talking to a stranger for well, I remember sure.
2: when I was on a journey across Japan in the sort of the, the west side of Japan, past Osaka mm. and you know you 've got places like Hiroshima or Kagoshima, that side of Japan people do come and talk to you a lot more
0: yeah like, I, would I remember say in you were Kagoshima, that's true.
2: In, when you were in Kagoshima yeah. doing some filming lots of people you told me lots of people came up to meet you on the day where you went and did something and uh, walked off you told me that uh, some strangers came and talked to you don't remember well
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I can agree that in general yeah that side of Japan is definitely more open to mm. just uh, talking with people um, must
2: be something to do with the weather because it's, it's a lot warmer that side of Japan and yeah, out, people just a are more outdoorsy
0: more uh, community oriented culture down there I guess mm. whereas up here people maybe keep to themselves more There, there are certainly really friendly people up here as well but they're few and far between. I don't
2: know what the the what the phrases I'm looking for, because everybody is friendly. Again, if you start talking, it'll be I, wonderful and brilliant. I,
0: yeah, I don't know. Reserved, if there's a phrase. reserved,
2: super, incredibly, hyper reserved.
0: Yeah,
2: and I think that's a problem. And um, I've talked about it in the past, but I think that can be a real issue when it comes to making friends here. Mm. That's but that's mm. a story for another. But day. But that's not
0: everyone though. Like I've had some really good experiences with people up here in Tomoku. Mm. Like I, I don't want to say that they're unfriendly, because they're very nice once you talk oh, hell to them. Yeah. It's just that yeah, they're a little, they're just not used to talking to strangers. I guess it's just
2: as yeah, much. just I think the, the takeaway is if you come north of Tokyo and you're out and about walking around, just don't expect people to just strike up a conversation yeah. <laughs> yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, like I remember I was in the Bahamas once. I'd say the Bahamas is the friendliest culture on earth. Walk down the street, everyone, every stranger, every person said hello. That'd be such well, a hello. culture
0: shock if I went there after living in Japan yeah, for wonderful. 16 years. It's
2: wonderful. One. I think the UK is somewhere in the middle, if not yeah. more towards Japan than Canada the Bahamas. too. It
0: always throws me off when I go home and a stranger is like, oh, nice day today, isn't it? It takes me a while to respond because <laughs> I'm like shocked that somebody's talking to me. <laughs> I like that, though. I
2: like that. Yeah, it's nice. I do miss that a bit, just speaking to people on the street walking by oh good morning yeah alas Japan makes up for it in other ways it's still (laughs) a great country Um, thank you guys for all your stories comments questions this week please keep them coming and thank you Charlotte for stopping by and replacing Pete Donaldson you're welcome
0: hopefully I did a decent
2: job you did a decent job (laughs) indeed and uh, Pete Donaldson will return once, in, once more uh, later in the week I'm looking forward to catching up keep the stories questions comments coming in but for now guys no matter where you might be out in the big wide world have a great week and we'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan podcast bye for now bye